0: Hello, welcome to podcast, Prosecco and politics of politicized penis. No, Vladimira, not called like that. It's called Prosecco and the Ponderings of a Politicized Penis, not politics of a politicized penis, you stupid whore. Hi and welcome. I'm here. I'm Dante. Vladimira has been fired. Um, and I am here with the lovely, the one, the only, the penographic person himself, Percy.
1: Hello everyone, that is me, I am Percy, and I am here with the Svetlana to my Vladimir, Dante.
0: (laughs) Aw, thank you. We're back. You're welcome. You're welcome, whore. I don't like being called a whore. I'm not. I do it for free. It's my turn for Mystery Minute, bitches. It is. And
1: I have something not too topical, but kind of important. And most importantly, political for you, saucy. Not just sex. Not just sex. Now that we have another a new president in the United States of America. What?
0: We, we do, yeah.
1: Let's talk about, well, not the last one, but the one before that mm-hmm. Barack Obama. Yeah, he won.
0: I remember, thanks for clarifying.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. um
0: That was for your benefit. He
1: won the Peace Nobel Prize while he was still in office, as was Trump, not nominated, but uh yeah, people suggested him for the Peace Nobel Prize. But that's a different topic. Barack Obama won. Yes. Was that? prematurely or an understandable and correct decision.
0: Go. Well, I think that uh, in the end, particularly when you look at the four years since Barack Obama, uh, he did a lot of really good stuff. I think it's a bit weird giving it to someone who's sitting president uh, like it was at the time, uh, because there's still a lot of chance to fuck it up. Uh, And then you're giving someone sort of the legitimacy of the Nobel Peace Prize prematurely. With Obama, I don't think that's necessarily too problematic. I don't think he necessarily should have got it. But I mean, when you think, see who's being recommended or nominated this year, I mean, Trump, uh, Jared Kushner uh, has been nominated, Stacey Abrams, a very different kind of person. But also, I don't really know whether... I mean, yeah, she's done a lot of great stuff for the US, but it feels like you need to do a bit more for a Nobel Peace Prize. Like, I don't know. No offense, obviously much more deserving than Jared Kushner. The dick face. Yeah, <laughs> no, but true, that. If we think about, <laughs> I mean, even if you're not a sitting president, I mean, the one, the only Aung San Suu Kyi, who we've had on the, not, not had her on the podcast, <laughs> uh, we've talked <laughs> about her on the podcast, she she won it and, I mean, turned into a, the leader of a country which committed genocide. Although, now, not so much the leader, under house arrest as of yesterday which I wonder whether it's going to change again people's perceptions of her. I think it's really intriguing. I mean, she's now gone from genocidal leader to under house arrest again, back where she was in the 90s. And um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, sorry, I digressed a bit, but that's what we do. You digress, but that's okay. Um, yeah, but well, let's just continue with that topic.
1: It's, yeah.
0: It's a good one. Um, now... Dear listeners, you will remember as the loyal ones among you. And if you're not loyal yet, go back, listen to the old episodes, and then tweet at us at prosecco penis handle on Twitter. I don't know. So subtle. I I thought as I was plugging old episodes, I might as well get all the plugs in there at once. That sounds Um, like mm -hmm. sticking up a tight ass. Now, sorry, thinking of plugs up asses has completely thrown me. No, yes, we uh, we had an episode. Well, we started it off with no fats, no femmes, no asians. The the horrible uh, triad of insultingness on Grinder and platforms like it. And we've already done the no fats and we've talked about no femmes. And today we're going to talk about no Asians. Um so Percy Percilys Percy Lysis Percy cheese. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Woo. Percy. Jeez, that will not be edited. Oh, that will stay in. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, well. What do you think about this? I mean, I think probably, listeners, you can guess at this point as we've been through no fats, no Femmes We're not a huge fan of the no, no Asians. But do you have anything slightly more interesting than? Oh no, you shouldn't say that. Uh, oh no! <laughs> mean... Rewind, rewind, Percy.
1: Tell us your innovative I, I take like...
0: on no fats, no Femmes And now the no Asians, go.
1: I feel like a broken record.
0: I mean, Um, that's what our listeners are thinking.
1: No, I know. Um, It's an important topic, I know. And we started that whole thing and talked about the other two. But to be fair, I can just say what we said back then and just repeat it. It's okay to have a type, but... Don't be a dick about it, don't be racist about it, and it depends on how you communicate it. Yeah. Sorry, that is all I can give you now.
0: Well, it's just too little. Um, I would say I I do think that there is a there is a qualitative difference. Like body shaming, not okay. Femme shaming, it's not a word, but it is now. Lap it up and tweet about it. Is also clearly not okay, but there is something qualitatively different about racism, and Definitely. the 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 ease with which it's just sort of yeah saying you don't like people who are fat and people who are Asian. Those are different categories. Both are not okay, but but sort of like saying all Asians, uh, no thank you. It, it just feels like a, yeah. a very strong generalization that- The, the underlying problem is, is
1: even bigger with no Asians than it is with the other ones. And that says a lot as it's already just, yeah, not okay with the other ones.
0: Yeah, no, you're quite right. I mean, it's definitely a big problem it's also particularly surprising because about half the world is Asian, right? Like, I mean, there's what, 1.4 billion people in India, 1.3 billion people in uh, China. I think that's already 2.7. I mean, that's already a third of the world population and sprinkling a few in between. I mean, obviously, we've said this in the podcast before, I spend quite some time in Southeast Asia. And I mean, I, I, I love Southeast Asia. So I think Um, what we should do today is we shouldn't talk necessarily that much about how all it's wrong to talk to to discriminating. discriminating. And how it
1: works on Grindr and how people use dating platforms, because we did
0: that. Just listen to the episode. Old horse, flogging a dead horse, which I guess would maybe arouse some, but not us. And so, let's just talk about awesome things about Asia. Or awesome things about Asians. But then again, I feel like we're probably (laughs) stereotyping So let's not do that. Let's talk about awesome things about Asia. I'm going to start with one of my biggest uh food also tying into the no fats. Uh I love so many Asian cuisines. What's your favorite Asian cuisine? I
1: agree. Um Japanese. I I, I am a sucker for sushi.
0: Yeah, I don't like sushi. It's like one of the only cuisines that I don't like. Um, but I love other Japanese food. I mean, Jap- oh, like good. Oh, I went to this phenomenal Japanese Peruvian fusion restaurant in Brussels last year. Well, actually the year before last, the year before COVID, whatever that was 27 years ago. It was phenomenal. And like the Japanese element of that was just oh, so good. But I still think that my favorite, favorite, favorite Asian cuisine is Thai. It's just so flavorsome and so spicy. It is. A nice Thai curry. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Such a fun variation on, especially the, in Britain, omnipresent Indian curry.
0: But also Indian food is delicious.
1: Yeah, it is. It is.
0: I had... Take- I'm very seldom having takeaways at the moment, uh, but I thought I'd do something to support the local economy. And I had an Afghani takeaway the other day, very mm. good food as well. It was it was it was really good. It was quite surprising. The dessert that I ordered was a bit. It was rose flavored custard, <laughs> which I could have googled the name of the thing I was ordering and could probably have then thought sure. That. Not my yeah, I mean, sure. But yeah, why not? Um, also had Indonesian food recently. No, no, I don't think it was Indonesian food. I think it was Malaysian. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, and here we start with the racism again. Not racism, I'm just confused. On that
1: note, what's your least favourite thing about Asia, then?
0: Le- least favourite Asian cuisine that I've experienced? I'm going to go out on a limb here. It's probably... Khmer food, Cambodian food—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a bit bland, um, but it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's between Vietnam and Thailand. Your your expectations are just so fucking high, and also there are some Khmer dishes which are absolutely delicious. <laughs> I feel I need to redeem <laughs> Khmer cuisine, <laughs> <laughs> redeem it, protect its value,
1: protect its value. Um, yeah, least favorite Asian food for me probably. I can't really say even. I've got it. Because every cuisine has just, yeah. Ooh, what is it?
0: Okay, so it's not a cuisine, it's a food. And this, I can, unequivocally state is the most disgusting Asian food I've ever, and I regret to say have eaten. It's called balut in Tagalog in the Philippines, but they also have it all over Southeast Asia. And it's basically a fertilized egg, which is then boiled. So you basically have a boiled egg, but with a chicken side. So you get the feathers and the, um, like... Yeah. Mm. What's it called? Beak. Um, the, and it's mm. crunchy, bones. It's, I mean, I only tried a very little bit and it just smelled so disgusting, I just couldn't. Um, but I know lots of people who love it and I just, I just cannot get on board with that.
1: Yeah, no, I, that doesn't sound appealing at all. No. And yeah, least favorite thing about Asia, and this is not a no Asian scenario here. I'm not start. I won't start talking about the people. Um, K-pop. I hate K-pop. No, it's I don't get fun. it. I don't understand it. No, K-pop. That they, especially those K-pop boy bands at the moment with like twenty people that, and they all have to get plastic surgery, so they all look the same. It's or like fulfill a certain type. I mm, no.
0: It's been no. weird. I, I see what you're saying, but there are some amazing, amazing bands uh, from Asia. Um, yes. And singers. It's, just, it's and it's so diverse. Um, also very diverse is obviously like the natural landscape. I've only been to very small parts of Asia. It's just so stunningly beautiful. I mean, from the beaches to the mountains. To like more arid areas it's just i don't think there's a continent that is as diverse as asia i mean okay asia also fucking huge so it's a bit difficult to i mean obviously it's impossible to generalize and there's no surprise that when it goes from the north pole to the south pole it's gonna have like everything in it maybe um, a couple of climate zones in there but yeah exactly but that but,
1: explains why you love it so much it's diverse.
0: <laughs> well yeah um, I honestly, I I feel that I could probably spend all night talking about topics uh, and things that I love about Asia. Uh, I've spent some time there, and I just I mi- I honestly, this is one of the things in COVID. I mean, I miss hanging out with you, darling, um, and seeing you live and not doing this shit over Zoom. But one of the things I miss most is going to Asia and spending time there. Uh, and seeing my friends in Asia. Um, yeah,
1: again, so it is safe to say that you did have sex with Asians before.
0: Um, you think just because I've been to Asia, I would have sex with uh, Asians? And because you're a whore, I combined the the two facts I know about okay, you. Can we stop calling me a whore? I'm a slut. <laughs> I feel that this definition it, you need to like definite define me more clearly. And I'm also not a slut, but thank you. Uh, yes, I have had sex with with Asian men. Not all of them, just some. Um, <laughs> but yeah, why? Why would you ask this? I
1: don't know, because we started that whole topic of <laughs> with the introduction of no facts, no fans, no Asians. So I just wanted to make sure that you, you tried some.
0: Yeah, <laughs> tried some is a little bit of a, a derogatory way of phrasing it here personally. But uh, yes, I have had... It is, Asian. but it is, was jokingly and lovingly. Yes. Well, yes. Um, and I mean, in terms of stereotyping my type, I'm probably more of this sort of Scandinavian lover. So maybe I wouldn't say that uh, the, the stereotypical Asian uh, man is like top... Like, immediately what appeals to me in my times of a stereotype, but that doesn't mean there are not good looking uh, Asian guys out there. What about you? I
1: did have sex with Asians before. Men or women? Women. Women. I don't think I've ever had sex with an Asian man. No, nope, I don't think I did.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah.
1: It's, it's missing on the bucket list.
0: You have your life before you. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. It was good. It was good. It was fun. Listeners, if you want to hear more about Percy's sex with Asian women, tweet at us. Please don't. Um, <laughs> but if you have any specific questions about this topic, about anything to do with Asia, as you can tell, we're both we're, we're both quite excited about this topic. Tweet at us, at Prosecco Penis and we'll integrate it into future podcasts. But
1: for now, I have another topic for us that I wanted to talk to you about. As I read an interesting interview and came across a line from a person that I actually really adore, um, that I completely, well, had opinions on, and I just wanted to talk to you about it. Uh, Russell T. Davis, the producer, writer, um, showrunner, many shows in the UK, who created the British Queers Folk, the original? Who did Casanova? Who did the 2005 restart of Doctor Who? Who then went on doing years and years and is now doing a new show on the BBC called "It's a Sin" about um, gay people in London in the 80s and the AIDS crisis. He said not in an interview, happy "Gay show, another <laughs> happy gay show." Yeah, he said in an interview that. He thinks only gay actors should play gay roles.
0: Bollocks! I say. Why? Oh, well, thank you for asking. Um, I think that um, someone's sexual orientation should shouldn't have anything to do with the roles they play. I think that it's. I don't. I mean, I understand. I would understand it if gay men and gay women were systematically underrepresented in uh, popular media. Um, they were structurally sort of uh, ignored uh, and weren't given roles. If that were the case, then I'd kind of understand it. But I mean, is the other logic that you should be giving straight roles to straight people? I mean, that seems very unfair, given that there's a lot more representation of heteronormative uh, plots uh, in the mainstream media than there are uh, of homo plots uh, or bi plots uh, or generally queer plots. So I feel that that would be problematic. I I can understand maybe um, giving trans roles to trans people, but... Even, even there, I think. I mean, I think we need to have a sort of a healthier understanding of uh, what acting actually means, and it means taking on a role. And if a gay man can take on a straight person's role and do it well, uh, a straight person should also be able to take on a, a gay or a bi man's role. Exactly,
1: um, that is pretty much my opinion. I get why he said it, especially him who probably did more for. Queer representation in British media than anyone else over the last decade. Um, it was clearly to to shine a light on that and to to make sure that gay actors are represented in upcoming films, shows, whatever, and just to raise the issue and keep people talking about it. I I get that kind of point of view, but I completely disagree with the sentiment as well. I don't think it. I don't think an actor should be defined by her sexuality. Um, of course there are problems when straight actors play a gay character and they do it over the top and play it as a joke and lean in into stereotypes on purpose. Hugely problematic. Looking at you, James Corden. But
0: yeah, I agree. I, and I mean, I was when you were saying that, I was thinking of James Corden in prom. But at the same time, it was such a wonderful beautifully fun celebration that, yes, there was an element of stereotyping made by a straight man, but tell me that that role played by a gay man wouldn't have also been played like that. It fit the role. It was fun, and it was funny, and it was so respectful. It wasn't, It yeah, maybe it was a stereotype, but it wasn't a, a cruel stereotype. It wasn't a it wasn't mocking in any way. It was very respectful. And I mean, okay, I only saw the film once and it was last year, but I feel that, so maybe if I saw it again, I'd have a different opinion, but I didn't feel at all insulted. If anything, I was like, oh gosh, I'm a bit like that sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) No, not insulted,
1: but I I get that that can be problematic and is an issue in, in some films. But then again, especially if the whole production makes sure that there is representation for example love simon based on the beautiful book um simon brothers the homo sapiens agenda by becky albertelli um the main character
0: book it's such like, a great book that is one of my favorite books ever and i realize it's young adult fiction and that that
1: doesn't care i don't <laughs> matter it doesn't matter i love it right. um but yet the main character, Simon Spear, who comes out as gay, spoiler alert, um, is played in the film by a straight actor. And there was a little bit of backlash from the queer community about that. And I don't get it because the production, it was made by a gay director and so many supporting roles were played by, by queer actors and actresses. And when it then comes to the main part, acting is a craft, it's a skill, it's what they do for a living, you should go with talent. And if Nick Robinson is just the best person to play that role, believably and well, then he should get the role.
0: Yeah, I see what you're saying, but you can't tell me that there was no gay actor out there who could have not also played the role just as well. There isn't the perfect person for any role. There are a dozen people who would do the role in different ways, but all do it amazingly. And so any director could have chosen someone who was gay if they wanted to. But I think it's, I'm not saying they should have done, but I'm also, I I don't think that you can, it's like any job. There's not the one person who's perfect for it. No,
1: that is true. But yeah, he, he did it very well. And why not? Just, just because he's straight doesn't mean he shouldn't have played that role, I think. Um you then always have those kind of exceptions, like the boys in the band, where every character in the play and movie adaptation that is gay was played by a gay actor.
0: Same director, right, as Prom? <laughs> So I mean, yep. both directed by Ryan Murphy, um, and it just shows. I mean, you can <laughs> you don't have to have like a, a strict rule on how you cast. Um, Boys in the Band, though. I mean, sorry, I know we're going off topic here, uh, but such a fucking powerful play slash film or film adaptation, but honestly, every single person I've, sorry, Percy and I spoke about it. This is phenomenal, this is mind-blowing, but every single other person I've spoken to is like, horrible, (laughs) couldn't finish watching it, didn't like it. I'm just like, why does no one else love this? It's very (laughs) fucked up, I get that. And it's very sad, I get that. But it's also just so- It's so cruel, but beautiful. It's, yeah,
1: I, I adored it but yeah I also think there's not as much more to say I think Russell T Davis did an amazing job over his career when it comes to queer representation but I think that interview was just too too aggressive towards straight actresses and actors and a bit too demanding maybe maybe he was just using his, his negotiating skills of asking for a lot to settle somewhere in the middle but I don't know
0: It it wasn't the the best interview. interview. Sorry, the question is whether you need to settle in the middle on something like that. Um, Okay, well, great topic. Thanks so much for raising that, Percy. Um, We are now going to come to our new special corner uh, that we have established, dear listeners. You know it by now, possibly, hopefully, maybe. It's German Corner. Get to know the German culture, and by culture we mean really random facets of it that we've decided to talk shit about this week. And this week we're going to talk about the German equivalent of the birds and the bees. Oh, big surprise! Yes, you're re- you're listening to Prosecco and the Ponderings of Politicized Pinas. We're going to be talking about sex, at least
1: sometimes, a little bit. Um, so yeah, we went with the German word "Fügling." Fudder. Which is fooding. Basically just birding, birding. If you translate it literally, birding. And burnt yes. me oh, bitch, it's beautiful. Uh, it no me it, it's... <laughs> um that came from from very deep <laughs> within you. Um yes, it's a synonym for sex, obviously. Um and yeah. Fögen, because of course that's what you want to do. You want to bird someone.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's funny, right? Because, I mean, we do have this uh, in English. There's also the birds and the bees, right? Uh, So birds are not completely innocent. Also, the stork is a bird uh, that brings the babies. But still, Fögen feels like it's such a nice word. I mean, okay, listeners, obviously you hear it and you hear I I can hear how you would be listening to it and you'd be like, it sounds like there's like some sort of metal grating over metal, but as far as German words go, is actually quite lovely. Do you know anything about where the word comes from?
1: I, I actually did look that up in a little bit of preparation. Look at me.
0: Honestly, Percy is so good at this shit. Like he's, he's all on, he's all on top of the words.
1: I, I do like my word nerdery. So there are two options where where it comes from, and both are equally um, talked about as possible and and likely. Um, option one is from the times when you went hunting, especially the upper class went hunting. They would hunt birds. Or some birds, at yes. least. <laughs> and it was the rumor or the thing that gentlemen would ask ladies to to join them on the hunt to have an excuse to be away from the household for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. So they would say we're hunting birds, but in truth, they would be sleeping with each other.
0: Sleeping, imagine? Yeah who is fucking her raw dog style against the tree. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, and option two, also quite cute, is that ladies in the Middle Ages, and I said ladies on purpose, as we're still talking about an upper class thing here, mm-hmm. always owned, not always, but a lot of them owned birds in a cage. And it was apparently like a secret code that when they place those bird cages at an open window, that nobody else was home and they're open for business.
0: Ooh, I love it. These are two really great stories of where that comes from. Thank you so much, Percy, for imparting your word nerdery knowledge on us. And dear listeners, practice this sentence Vögel mich hart. It means fuck me hard or bird me hard. Now, we have some wonderful uh, audience questions. But before we get on to the question, we have a promise from last episode uh, that we would... Dennis from Dallas um, asked about savoury options for having sex with food. Uh, It was quite specific, uh, and we were a little bit taken aback. Uh, my suggestion of macaroni cheese uh, I, I think has probably gone unforgo- unforgotten, probably given some people burns. So, sorry about that. Yeah. Don't sue us. I still want to fuck a quiche or a wrap. Well, exactly. Again, I still think the burrito, a burrito would work very well. But we promised we'd come back with better ideas this week. So, Percy, what have you? what would you say over this last week has become a tried and tested method for you?
1: Um... That's not how this game works, but I have one that I cannot recommend. I think it's always good to also present the failed examples.
0: Excellent.
1: Um, don't use a hot and fiery salsa as a lubricant. It doesn't work. It's it. It's not too. It's not too nice. It's, what yeah. worlds did anyone think that would be
0: nice? <laughs>
1: What did the literal form of spice up your sex life?
0: Yes, much too literal, honey. Much too literal. Okay, so you have established what not to use. Excellent. I'm sure Dennis from Dallas will be very pleased to hear that. Can you give any actual recommendations? Yes,
1: it is um, unethical.
0: Oh, dear. Go and ahead. wrong. Oh, I
1: love it already. And, Calum- oh! <laughs> and I am not speaking of experience, he says. But before you prepare a nice chicken or a turkey. <laughs> oh god, I see where this is going. <laughs> you know, I mean you need some for some form of filling anyway. So I just leave it at that. Oh
0: Percy. Funny. Um Yeah, I mean, you could just, yeah, or wax some chicken breasts together. Yeah, okay, uh,
1: uh-huh. let's not talk about my chicken experience anymore. Dante, now you're on the hot seat. Tell me your your top three of- I think
0: that a delicious guacamole, all the little bit of the lemon, um, could be pretty good uh as a lubricant and uh, both for self-pleasure and uh sort of mutual interplay um so yes eating
1: a... out where it's actually yum and kind of hipster
0: yeah definitely also don't hold the um the tortilla chips <laughs> because don't want any relation to, to the sex with that just want to snack um while doing it um also, the salsa that you didn't want to use as lubricant, you can leave that too. <laughs> Eat that with the tortilla chips while having sex with the guacamole. That would be my Perfect. first recommendation to you, Dennis. Uh, my second recommendation to you, Dennis, uh, I think that there are several types... Of, I put a lot of thoughts into this. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're giving me options here. I, I am. Option B is that you could possibly take uh, vegetables. I'm i would recommend possibly a large courgette zucchini or a marrow just go marrow i mean that's just an institutionally large zucchini isn't it um and uh warm it a little bit not a lot you don't want it to shrivel up pinch out a little bit of the center like put it like they use like a, a, an apple corer and then a knife or something. And, but then the warm, mushy texture, it will still hold its form. But I think when it's a little bit warm, so maybe use a microwave. Uh, that could be quite good. But be careful. Don't microwave it too long. It will burn your cock. Now, um, I, I hope that's enough for you, uh, Dan. <laughs> Try those out. If you're happy, uh, post us some pictures. Um, yeah. At Prosecco Pinas. And other listeners, feel free to tweet ideas at us. Um, Yes. We also have a second question, uh, but then we'll have to leave it at that because our time is coming to a close. Um, Britta asks us whether we think that tattoos are sexy. Uh, Ooh. Well. I think I want to go first there.
1: Yeah. I um, think they are. Um, I might be a little bit biased there, as I have some a handful, and I think they are very sexy. I like them about me, but I also um think tattoos in general can be very sexy, they can be absolutely atrocious and disgusting, depending on their position and style, but they can also be be just extremely enhancing and cool and sexy and and I, I love it.
0: Britta, excellent question if you wanted to get with Percy. Uh, thats I'm a bit wet now. Yeah, I mean, it's basically dripping through the camera. Tattoos can be sexy. Very, very often they're not. But this is the case for so many things which are sexy. For many, many people, it just doesn't work. Um, and on that note, dear listeners, join us again next episode to Drink and Digress. I'm Dante. And I'm Percy. Bye. Bye.